My name is Rahana and I'm the founder of Mummy Yoga and your host on the Mummy Diaries podcast. The Mummy Diaries are heart-to-heart cafe-style conversations about our journey into becoming mothers. We will bring you all the wisdom from their village. The mothers who have walked the path before us, the professionals who spend their waking hours caring deeply about our issues, problems and our needs during these transformative times when we are thinking about starting a family or are pregnant or being a new mother. So grab coffee and biscuit and put your feet up or put your baby in a sling, grab your headphones and enjoy this episode on a nap walk. first-time mum who happened to be overweight. She had no other comorbidities during her pregnancy. This is her story about being labelled as high BMI and the impact this label had not only on her antenatal care but her identity, her mothering instincts and capacity. Louise and I know each other since she started coming to pregnancy yoga in her second trimester. During her visits to yoga, she was candid with me about her experience with her care team. And in this shorter version of my interview, you will see how Louise successfully navigated these complex issues around professionalism, communication barriers, and the deep-seated internal bias that many of us carry towards certain pregnancy-related issues. I would have been coming up to 12 weeks. And and this situation that um, you felt that your midwife was... um, putting you into, you know, asking you to uh, do things a certain way. Um, This is, is it purely because you were a higher BMI and something that her um, guidelines recommended that, you know, she should treat you a certain way just because you were considered to be high BMI? What's your take on that? Yeah, I I was classed as high BMI, um, which put me into a, a risk group. Um, but so everyone any other measurements other than just take your BMI to put you in the, under the high risk uh, path. That was literally it. That was literally the only thing that and they went. BMI. Did you at the time have any medical conditions that you know put you in, in, in any kind of parameters that that put you at risk medically other than just carrying more body weight? No, nothing nothing at all which was so your it was the blood point sugar, that followed me yeah your blood sugars were fine your blood pressure was fine yeah. all of those were yeah it was um I mean I had a blood pressure test at the hospital and the nurse who took my blood pressure went oh it's normal and seemed really surprised and I was like 
yeah, my blood pressure is always normal. She went, but you're, and I could tell she was, she wanted to say something like, but your BMI's high, you're, but you're fat. But obviously, you know, her professionalism kicked in. But then that happened a couple of times. And I was like, this is just standard. And I had to have my glucose test twice because they didn't believe my results came back normal. They they said, oh, the uh, the sample, it got heated in the van. And when I pressed, they went, we wanted to double check because we didn't think it would come back normal with your BMI. And I was like, I'm not a whale. What is... Like, I'm a bit fat, but, um, you know, I have no other conditions. Come back normal. You wouldn't have done this to my friend who uh, would, is in the normal BMI range. It, Did that make you feel it, Louise? It was very upsetting at the time. It, um, yeah, it was really difficult to go through because obviously, you know, your body's changing, you're growing human, so you're getting bigger. And then you're constantly being told that, that you're a bad mother essentially for being fat and putting your baby at this risk did you feel scared yeah it was terrifying you for yourself or for your baby or both of you where where would where were these fears where were they from it it would go to to baby because when you'd sort of press for a bit more information they'd go well if you've got a higher bmi that's a higher risk of infant mortality and all this and and then you go home and you Google, which is the worst thing to do. Um, and you just read all this stuff about the horrible person that you are for being a bit overweight and daring to get pregnant and bringing a child into the world while you're fat. And it's just, no, there was nothing else that was an issue. It was literally, I'm a bit heavier. And to, so, to go as far as infant mortality, risks, etc. That is an intense uh, con- yeah. to to kind of any mother. I mean, yeah. to to kind of bring uh, the fact that it's not just you growing your baby, but you could be putting your baby yeah. in such harm's way that you know you're talking about mortality rates. It's for for a first time. I mean, I suppose you don't even have to be a friend. But then you've not been through any aspect of the journey of pregnancy before. You don't have any, no, you know, don't know anything that's coming your way to kind of have to grapple with that emotion Mm. must have been terrifying. Yeah, it was. And it was quite a lonely feeling as well. It felt like you couldn't really talk to anybody about it because the way that it's told to you is that it is your fault. It's put on you. So you don't want to tell like your loved ones in case they go, well, yeah, but it's your fault for being big, isn't it? And logically, you know that they're not. They're going to say, well, that's just ridiculous. They're being, they're scaremongering really for no, no apparent reason. It doesn't help them to have a crying pregnant woman in the, in the room with them. But it's, yeah, like if anything, just the added stress of knowing that is what's going to harm the baby more. It is staggering. These simple labels in the case of Louise, just calling her high BMI, fat, overweight, whatever you want to call it, has such a deep impact on the person on the receiving end. 
that I want to take a moment here and speak to a professional um, on the reasons why simplistic labels are applied to individuals and give some context to this practice. My name is Sam and I am a midwife. So guidelines, research, evidence base. These are all tricky, tricky subjects to talk about when you are excited about being pregnant and you... The last thing you want to hear is that you have, air quotes, got a risk. And I must admit, as a community midwife, I try and be super sensitive about this, especially with a label of BMI, because this lady, and it sounds like this is the case for Louise, actually really healthy, and BMI is very subjective and, um, you know, Ladies that are bodybuilders will naturally have a higher BMI because everyone knows that muscle weighs more than fat. So it's not the best form of measurement. However, it's the one that we've got. So the difficulty is when you get labelled with something is that we work with research and evidence base. And this is to protect and to help standardized uh, standardized care but it is important to individualize care and look at the bigger picture so if you have a raised bmi but are on a whole healthy then the healthy side of you should be looked at even more so than your bmi if you however are having other risk factors then this painter more detailed picture. The issue is, and I think what maybe happened with Louise, is that we have small amount of time, we have these labels to help standardise care and protect, and so we put these things into place, like growth scans and checking for diabetes, because research has shown X, Y and Z. I think in Louise's case as well, you know, Louise asked, well, what are my risks? And unfortunately, when somebody asks that and researches on Google, then you find the information that maybe you didn't want to see. And that it's really difficult to then contextualise that and bring it back down to a level of, but we're looking at these numbers and what does that tell me in reality and at the end of the podcast Louise does state that there are risks but actually they're quite small and we need to look at the bigger picture and when I say small I mean we're looking at things in relativity so for example a lady will this is going off subject of BMI but this is just an example so a lady will say, there's no way that I'm having an epidural during labour, Sam, because of the risks. And my 
reply to that would be that unfortunately we take risks every day just by living so just simply walking across the road we do have a chance of of being injured walking across the road and in fact that chance is higher than any adverse effects from an epidural during birth and so we have to look at balance balancing up risks benefits pros and cons and I think that's where the labels come in the BMI label comes in what are my risks in relativity to the fact that I'm not a smoker that I don't drink alcohol during pregnancy that I am leading a healthy lifestyle I'm going to yoga I am probably way more flexible than you consultant midwife thank you very much so I think that it is really important for us to understand labels, to know that they are there as protective factors. We do research and evidence based to protect, but to look at the bigger picture as well. And to know that you can know what your labels are and, like Louise says, push against them because. We need to know you as an individual and what you do want and what you don't want. And we don't want to scare anyone, but we also want to give facts as well. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. And now, back to the show. As we continue to chat... I explored how Louise found empowerment by refusing to accept the labels that made her feel less than. The positivity that comes from realising that you don't have to accept what others perceive of you. Also remember as our conversations about um, you know I, I what has struck with me is how that label initially started to affect you but then as the time went by and leads to have more and more conversation how you yourself shunned that label as in I'm not defined by that label you can yeah. choose to go ahead with it but I will I will assert um, my individuality on this and I think that's where I think that your story is really, really powerful, Louise, because you decided not to accept the label that other people had put. Yeah, and I, I think that is, because in such a short space of time, it was so hammered into me, like, you're going to have all these complications, all of this is going to go terribly wrong for you because you've got this label. And it just came to a point where I was like, no, we're not, we're not even going to go there now. That is not what I am. That's not what this pregnancy is you can't essentially just boss me around and tell me this is what the situation is when I know that there's options and sort of going in with the mindset of 
I know I have options. I know that I can do things differently to what sort of the label is telling me I need to do. It was it it definitely changed the way I felt about being pregnant. And Louise, I want to kind of uh, take that bit and unpack it a little bit more because there is so much here for other women. I really want to kind of um, get in the middle of this. So from that first pregnant woman, you know, you are you are you 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 meet someone and bam, you get this label of high BMI. You go through all of these. You go through the hardships of what it feels like um, to be on the receiving end. And then you have transformed yourself into saying, stop, I will not accept this. Some, there's a journey there, isn't there? It didn't, it, you didn't just wake up and said, I'm had enough. Would, could, do, you, do you kind of, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you remember it at some level, but could, could you articulate that? Was it, was it like something slow grew on you, the confidence came? Or was it something that you had to go out there, search for information, talk to people? How did you, how did you, you know, break through, if you like, from not um, using that label? I think I, it wasn't quite as sudden as sort of waking up one day. Um, but it, thinking back, it did kind of feel like that. I think it got to a point where I was just feeling so beaten by what the label was putting upon me. And I'd started thinking about myself like that and I'd never thought of myself like that before and I was like who is this woman we've never I've never had that internal dialogue of you're you're heavier therefore you are less that's um, well you've just that I mean that took a that took you know some qualifying but it was I'd never really I'd always searched for body positivity and wanted to, to sort of see myself as just another person but a bit fat <laughs> but to suddenly have it put upon me of you're wasting my time you're less uh, you're another problem that I need to solve because you've got this BMI issue and I was it was it was quite shocking that you were kind of just seen as a problem and an extra an extra thing that they had to deal with and once I realized that that's basically what it was and I'd been told by my new midwife that it wasn't an issue really because I had no other no other issues no other complications and talking to friends who um it was friends who didn't have children and they were just like but you've never you if if somebody like I don't know if you were in school and said that to you or if a colleague had said that to you you would just ignore it you'd go oh that's not that's not relevant to me that's not who I am but I think because you are because everything when you're pregnant at least for me it boils down to how baby's doing you want to make you want to make sure that baby's okay you take everything that they say and you're like a sponge and you're just like it's well, I, must be, I must be terrible yeah it's amplified it's not for yourself yeah. you are now talking about another life I mean yeah. I am okay with the risk I've heard of you know being a bit overweight I might be mm. okay. I'd be doing something about it but 
the transferring what is essentially the risk that you carried for yourself to another yeah. life which is so precious to you is yeah. um is is a new, you know you get eroded by the the weight of that responsibility yeah. and yeah. very i mean very normal i would assume if someone put a label on me for me to transfer that fear and sense of responsibility to my baby so there was nothing that you did was out of proportion if you like yeah it seems like a very normal response to our mothering you know instinct really yeah and it's i i can imagine that this journey and what i what i'm um what I like in a way is that the midwifery profession wasn't, you know, I mean, you, you got the faith back from the same profession, if you like. There was a midwife who eroded that, yeah. midwife who helped yeah. you get it back. So as you yeah. can see that they, the, you know, there is, there's so much care there. It's sometimes it gets missed in individuality. It gets missed sometimes in training. So it's not the profession as a whole it's no no definitely not yeah and I think that's that's a very powerful thing for you to kind of retain isn't it I mean imagine if all the midwives behaved with you like that then it was clearly a professional issue but (laughs) what one midwife took away from you another helped you get it back yeah definitely um the midwife who I had the good midwife as I've now named her she she not got like riled up but she was like ready to fight for me if I asked I think if I asked her to come down to see the consultants in the hospital with me and tell them tell them what I wanted to tell them I think she would have come along with me I think finding her as my new midwife was just I think if if I didn't have her I would, I definitely never have any other children. I would have, I don't know, I probably would have just done everything that they told me I needed to do, even though, you know, my baby was breached and she wasn't coming out um, the normal way with ear quotes. And I think I would have put myself and her in more danger for just going along with everything that they said that I needed to do. this final part of this brave interview Louise talks about the impact of this labeling on the experience of her birth itself so it was not just the care during her pregnancy that got impacted but the actual birth experience When you went in there, were those demons of labels starting to flare up again, or you had successfully squashed them? They they were definitely still there. Um, I'd spoken to my consultants when I got the date of my C-section, and from speaking to, I think it was another woman in the pregnancy yoga class, 
she was said that everything well not everything you wanted to do well for hypnobirthing you can bring some of those elements with you to having a c-section so you can do it as long as there's no risk to yourself and the baby obviously you can have the skin to skin you can have delayed cord cramping you can have all these lovely calmer elements i mean you can ask for your own music to be played if you really want it to and so I went to my consultant with my list of list of wishes and he looked and he was like everything seems reasonable um we'll we'll get that set up but I think if I hadn't asked it would have it would have just been outcomes cut the cord weigh her wrap her up and then on me which you know would have been lovely but it was nice to sort of have the little sprinklings of what I'd initially planned birth to be like. Um, the morning of my C-section, her consultant came around, felt my belly, looked at my chart, went, are you sure you don't want to try the normal way? And I was just like, no, no, she's she's coming out this way. She's coming out today. And she's like, oh, but, you know, it's it's the right thing to do, really, isn't it? And I was just like, you you don't know me. You don't know my case. Can we just stop? It's literally two hours before I'm due to go into theatre. And um, when I pressed her for some more information about what the normal way would be for me, she was like, well, we'd take you up to the labour ward and we'd induce you. And hopefully that would work. But if it doesn't, after 24 hours, we'd, we'd try again. Um, you probably have to have an episiostomy because she's quite a big baby. And I was like, how is that any better than what I've got planned now? It just, yeah. Um, but she was like, you know that there's risks, you know, because you're BMI. I was like, yeah, <laughs> been through that, thank you. So even a couple of hours before yeah. so you've come down to this journey, you've, you've made your mind. Yeah, um, ready to go there is still that big thing that's hanging yeah. around the room just refuses yeah. to... I mean and the mindset you need a mother to be just before she's giving birth that no. is not helpful is not it? helpful no and I mean I would say at, at that point it was definitely the exception rather than the rule um actually I'd say that throughout the whole thing I think I just got the exception a couple more times than people normally would um but it it just really surprised me because she wasn't she wasn't on my case. She was just a consultant that had come up to the wards just to check. I think she was there just to check in with the students. And I and and I was just like, if I then said to her, "Oh yes, you're right, doctor. Let's go do let's go do it the normal way, the way that you know we put up on Instagram and we all talk about." that could have been an awful outcome for it you know it's especially because I wouldn't have I still wouldn't have been allowed to go into labor myself I would have had to have been induced possibly number numerous times baby still would have been breached which is quite dangerous to try to give birth while she's breached so I would have had to had an episiostomy it's just yeah (laughs) So you basically, um, you, you refused to kind of move away from the plan that you had made. And then then were things um, moving along smoothly or did, did, did 
things again that were there were there more barriers your way Louise um the birth itself was great I mean it was as perfect as a c-section can be um yeah I mean considering the fight you had that was that was a was very nice to hear yeah yeah it was definitely I mean she came out and um there was no complications so I got my skin to skin I got the very poor cramping um we got breastfeed as soon as we could which was just it was just lovely um my husband was allowed to be in the room while they were putting the needle in which a lot of doctors apparently don't allow but it was on my list of wishes so I was like he has to be in the room he has to be here throughout the whole thing it's it it was it was coming to sort of little victories for me um but I think it was just important for him to be there throughout everything because he'd been there throughout everything anyway the only thing he had done was grow the baby but (laughs) arguably the most difficult part but Mm. (laughs) <laughs> especially the last year the, the, the tail end of it when everything is in the child work yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah so it was oh, that's 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 uh what can i say i mean it's it's amazing to hear that um it was your 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 voice you didn't take no for an answer you you kind of found somewhere deep down the the confidence, the the you know, I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, but the audacity to stand up to what we call professional advice yeah. takes a lot of courage, Louise. Especially when someone's made you believe that you are as in your own words as you said, you are less than. Yeah. And so then to kind of fight through it all and you know, I mean really give birth that was that was the right way for you and the decisions yeah. that you collectively made with your care providers I, I just think that what what would you like to say to women who are you know not just the BMI label but there are lots of labels aren't we we've got a drawer full of them we just oh, open the drawer and stick one on the forehead from booking appointments sometimes what would you like to say to women who are probably going through some label or the other right now and their first time pregnant or even, you know, the labels come out in sub- subsequent pregnancies? Um, say to them. <laughs> I would say that you are the same person as you were before you got pregnant. So if you never labelled yourself as they are labelling you now, fight against it you can change midwife, you can change consultants. They don't like you doing it, but you can. And you have to find the, it is finding the strength within you to advocate for yourself and your baby. Your baby hasn't got a voice yet, so you have to be the voice for them. If you think that they're gonna, they're making a decision which could be dangerous, question it. And it's so hard to do. And, but it does get easier when you find the right staff gets easier to have the questions answered get the information that you need drop labels kind of we will still hang around but you'll be more resistant to them Um, and as you said it gets easier the more you do it the more confident you get in doing it yeah and 
I know you've only been the mother you have been, but you know, I mean, what has it changed you in any way as a mother? Do you think about this for your own daughter? Uh, what goes on? I yeah, I do think about it, and I I think also having a girl in this current climate, you kind of go, I need to be an advocate for women and for my rights from the get-go I mean if you're having a boy as well you need to instill in them the importance of equality for obvious reasons but for girls currently you need to be you need to speak up for yourself as well because not everyone else will So with this powerful tale of a woman's journey through being labelled as something that she didn't identify with and something that uh, hindered the positive experience of her pregnancy and uh, birth, but eventually sort of getting a positive outcome for her birth, I was very pleased to hear for Louise's sake and little Chloe as well. I asked Sam again to just reflect on, you know, what she felt that this story brought for her as a practicing midwife and what that means for the rest of us as well. I want to thank Louise for speaking out about her birth experience, pregnancy experience, being labelled with anything during birth is going to be really scary, I'm going to guess, and I think that this highlights the importance of communication, being listened to, individualised care, and for people to read notes, to understand the little intricacies that, yes, I have had a glucose tolerance test. No, I don't have diabetes. Just because I have a raised BMI does not mean that I have diabetes of pregnancy. Those little things, when we are pregnant, we have a protective factor. It's if you can imagine mummy bear or if you imagine a swan that's just had her, are they called cygnets? And they get very protective, don't they? And we do, we're a mammal and we get very protective. We are trying to be the best mother possible. And then somebody comes along and says something and it may be well-intentioned or the tone may be misheard miscommunicated people can be very I want to use a word and I can't get it I can't put my finger on it I can't remember I know that there are plenty of midwives where I think that they are saying one thing and they mean the complete opposite they it's just the way that they've said it and 
when you've questioned them, they say, I did not mean that at all. You've completely misheard what I'm saying. And so I'm not making excuses for people. However, pregnant ladies are notorious for feeling protective. It's a natural way of being. We want to protect our newborns, our unborns, and we take things and we store it so deep inside and we'll remember that feeling over and over again. And so I thank Louise for highlighting really important things about knowing your how important it is about communication, about knowing that we are all human, that we're all here to provide best care that's evidence-based but individualised at the same time and little things like that student midwife stating you know that you know she knew best when actually mum knew best at that point mum knew that she was breached and that the the position was the position that it was just little things like that. We're all learning all of the time. And I feel sad that Louise had negative experiences, but I also feel really glad that she had a turnaround, that there was a midwife that changed the way that she felt about maternity care that there was another consultant that came and changed the way she felt about obstetric care and that she feels possibly able to have another baby because I quote her in saying that without those positive birth experiences, she wouldn't have considered having another child. And I know that that is some experiences of some ladies where their birth experience can negatively impact future pregnancies to either decide to have another or not. And that's massive. And so listening to birth stories like these is so important. So I thank Louise and it's just so helpful for me and for the rest of care providers to hear stories like this and to know how profoundly communication and individualized care can have an impact. Thank you for tuning in to the Mummy Diaries. Just like everything we do at Mummy Yoga, we want to bring you the voices from our community, sprinkled with strong evidence-based information and guidance from the best in the field of pregnancy, birth and new motherhood. If you identify with this pivotal shift away from dogma, myths and received wisdom, then this modern tribe is yours. Come on in. You will find information on all the work that we do on our website at mummyyoga.com. See you in the next episode. Stay subscribed. Mm-hmm.